We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest is jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. It's Friday, October 11th, 2019. Alex Berutha here, sitting next to Shannon McEwen. Ken is not here. Um, he's on various flights. He's out and about, right? Yeah, the important and, and good part of this is that he's gone. Exactly. He's not here. He's not, he's not here. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and the Rotowire website. We would appreciate a nice review. Um, today's show is going to be about potential busts, and we're going to talk a little NFBKC. Um, I guess to kick things off, the top news Eric Bledsoe is out two to three weeks with a small fracture in his ribs. Doesn't really seem like he'll miss more than a few regular season games, but you never know if he's 100% when he comes back, if it's going to be a recurring issue for him. Um, do you think this has any fantasy implications at all? Is this on your radar? Is like, well, maybe George Hill if, with my last pick if I'm trying to win week one matchup? Uh, I mean, I was, I'm actually a little bit higher on Hill than I feel like most people in the in- industry are, anyways. Sure. Um, I just feel like uh, I know they have Wes Matthews now, and you've got you've got your boy Dante. The what is he? The Jordan from New Hampshire. What's his What's his nickname? It's oh like that. man. Um, I, I know exactly what you're he, trying to say. Uh, I I actually I like George Hill to step up and full, fill some of that Brogdon role from and George Hill played great in the playoffs too. That's another part of it. Um, he he was great for the Bucks in the playoffs. I think he's going to step up this year. I you don't you're not going to pick him in most twelve team leagues, but if you're in deeper formats. I think you can do worse than George Hill with your final pick. Um, you know, am I picking him as a top 140-ish player? No, but if your league goes deeper than that, I think he's at least on the radar. 
I agree. Um, his ADP on NFPKC right now is 231. Um, and like you're alluding to, like if you're in a really deep league, I mean, you could, I could probably draft him before that. Like if you just drafted him at 200. Um, because like you mentioned, the Bucks were very reliant on him at times, went to him in the playoffs, um, kind of fits the Mike Boonholzer system where mm-hmm. he can swing the ball, he can hit threes, he plays defense. So yeah, George Hill, um, definitely deep league target. Maybe someone for week one DFS, depending on his price. Yeah. And I, how does it impact Bledsoe? For me, I wasn't, I mean, Bledsoe's ADP on Yahoo and ESPN, his combined ADP is 57, 58. Um, I really wasn't touching Bledsoe anyways. I, I get that he's routinely a top 40, top 50 fancy player, I think like six years in a row or something like that. So he's a safe pick in that 50, 60 range. But I like too many other players that are going that range. So I already was off Bledsoe. And this just kind of like I'll take Conley, Levine, Jamal Murray, other guys that are available in that same range instead of Bledsoe, and that just further this this further makes that like concrete at this point. I do. I I'm I'm glad you bring this up. I, I do want to mention this. I I retweeted a poll the other day that someone <clears throat> put out on Twitter um, about whether you would draft Eric Bledsoe or Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, the poll at the time had like 900 votes, and I think two thirds towards SGA. Um, in my opinion, they're pretty equal. I don't think you're going to go wrong. Like, I don't think anyone's wrong on the side of the argument. I would take Bledsoe because I feel safer about his floor. And I feel, I, I think the absence of Brogdon could actually push up Bledsoe's yeah. value a little bit. Where, I mean, where do you stand on this? Because it was actually pretty, like a, a very contested debate. Yeah, I mean, on, on NFBKC, it's basically a coin flip between the two based on ADP right now. Uh, on Yahoo, ESPN, Bledsoe's definitely going higher, uh, going first. I would... It's close, again, right? If I, again, I don't think I would be in a position where I could pick between the two because there's going to be someone else. There's going to be a Zach Levine or Jamal Murray that I would grab instead over either of them. Yes, but if it's if it's just those two, I would actually take SGA. I get it; okay. he is riskier. The floor is lower, but I believe at this stage of their careers that I, I like SC, SGA's ceiling higher. Uh, ceiling is higher, especially if Chris Paul does somehow get traded, which I think is unlikely at this point. It's not going to happen before the season, um, and usually, if that doesn't happen, that means it can't happen until like after that date when. Um, new free agents who signed can mm-hmm. get traded, which I think is like mid December or something along those yes. lines. So it's not gonna it's not gonna happen anytime soon. I just, I think I think I with, like SGA. I would go SGA. I'd right. take the risk. I think I think yeah. What this comes down to a lot is like draft strategy. Some people are more aggressive. They want to take guys that they just that they just like. Um, other people like let the draft come to them. They try to never take anyone at peak value. Um, so I'll probably end up with Bledsoe and a lot of other people are probably just going to end up with SGA. Um, yesterday, the Clipper, one of the Clippers play-by-play analysts said LA could have quote, the best defense ever in the history of the NBA. So I ask you, first of all, do you know who the best defense of all time was based on defensive rating? I don't defensive rating. I honestly, I would guess that Pistons team with Ben Wallace was very, very good defensively. There was a stretch where they had like, it was like uh, something ridiculous, like 60 games in a row where a team didn't score 100 points on them or 90 points or something absurd. Um, So that'd be my guess, but it's probably some team from like the 50s. So you're extremely close because the 03-04 Pistons are the third best defense of the three-point era. Okay. Um, The other two best defenses of the three-point era are both Spurs teams yeah. from 0304. So two of the best two of the best three defenses of since the three-pointer was introduced happened in the same season. Yeah. 0304 and then the 98-99 Spurs. The best defense of all time was the 74-75 Washington Bullets who had a 91 defensive rating, uh 91.3 to be specific. That was a full 2.3 points better than the number 2 defense all time. Do you buy this at all? I mean, we, no. we almost have to, first of all, we have to almost throw away the idea that they could be better than any team 
before the three-point era. That's ridiculous. They're, I actually I think their perimeter defense is going to be as good as any team's perimeter defense has ever been. Right. I mean, when you have Pat Beverly, uh, you know, George, Kawhi, it's just absurd. Um, will their interior defense be as good? That's where I question it. I mean, like, Montrez Harrell hustles, and he's got a lot of energy, but he's not known as like this like fantastic rim protector. He can't body up against guys that have five inches and fifty pounds on him. So I, they're going to be very good. I do think they're going to have the best defense in the league. Sure, but not the best defense ever. No, and you you bring up a good point because these teams that we've seen in the three point era that are elite, one of them had one of them had Ben Wallace, one of the best rim protectors of all time, and the other two had tim duncan and or david robinson at the rim and uh zubach is averaging 11 fouls per 36 minutes this preseason i don't think he's stopping anybody at the rim you mentioned harrell lou williams is a defensive liability um for the clippers i i agree with you i think their perimeter defense is going to be elite but if if you can somehow get by that you know those three guys um it's probably just going to be layups uh so there were seven preseason games yesterday and there's actually quite a few today uh as well which we'll get to later but i just want to pull some names out of the hat um we can't touch on everybody obviously but steph curry put up 60 fantasy points in 25 minutes against the timberwolves 40 points six rebounds six assists two steals and a block he's already going top five he's been going top five um i'm not one preseason game should change your opinion entirely but how i mean I guess I guess my question is: Would you draft Steph Curry? How high would you draft Steph Curry? Would you draft him number one, or do you think that's that's too far? I would not, just because I, he's fantastic. He's gonna be fantastic. There were um, I don't. It wasn't last year, but I I think maybe the year before. Um, he was. It was after he had already won MVPs. And he actually, he was still the top fantasy player, like in rotisserie leagues. He was still the top fantasy player. He wasn't being drafted as it. You had guys like Westbrook and Harden. Um, he he has a chance to be the number one fantasy player, but that doesn't mean you have to take him with the top pick. Um, I still, I like Cat. I like Harden. I like Davis. And I like Giannis all more than Curry in the draft. Okay. So I'm still, he's still number five for me. But this is the kind of upside that he's going to have without, you know, Clay Thompson's out until probably the all-star break. Kevin Durant's gone. Yeah, they have D'Angelo Russell. They have Draymond. But they don't have anyone else. No. They have no one else. And Curry's going to be putting up some ridiculous stats this season. I mean, imagine if this were a regular season game and he had to play 35 minutes. You're looking at, you know, another 15, 20 points on top of that. So... I, th- that's what you expect. I think he's going to have a monster year. I think it's going to be as good of a season as he's had. I think efficiency might go down a little bit because he's going to have to force things more than he has had to in the past. Um, but even with that, his efficiency is still going to be elite for a guard and everything else is going to go up. Any season that Curry has played at least 50 games, he's been a top seven player on a per game basis. He's been the best player in fantasy twice. And that was back-to-back years, 14, 15, 15, 16. I, if someone, I wouldn't take Steph Curry number one. If someone did, I would not think that was insane. Um, And really, because like we mentioned, anyone, any of those top five guys can basically go in any order. Um, Like personally, I prefer the more balanced guys. Um, You know, uh, like, so I, I like Giannis um like with the first pick and i like anthony davis i i do value defensive stats um but i mean yeah curry could ever if i mean curry is my favorite like value pick to win mvp he's plus 500 right now and because of that logic i think taking him number one is fine Um, yeah i have no problem with it whatsoever i i would not i would not give someone the side eye if they pick curry number one right uh zach collins uh yesterday 36 fantasy points in 23 minutes, 16 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two blocks, and one steal. We were talking a little bit before the podcast um, about Z- what Zach Collins' workload could be, what his ceiling is. I'll let you. I'll let you have the floor on that. 
I I love Zach Collins this year. I think he's the safest player in the Blazers front court to draft. I think he's safer than Whiteside. Um, Zach Collins is currently expected to start at power forward um, with Whiteside at center. Um, if for whatever reason Collins at power forward doesn't work, I don't think it's Collins who's going to suffer. I think it's Whiteside. I think they'll just move Collins to center or give him more minutes there. You know, even if it's not in a starting role. Um, He's going to have good percentages. He's going to get blocks. Um, he has an extremely high ceiling. Um, anyone who's watched him play the last couple of years, you've seen the flashes. Um, and I think he's a big part of Portland's future, and they recognize that. I agree. I mean, they Portland's roster is so thin, and this is something like I've I, I've emphasized throughout you know like the preseason and the and the off season, the lack of reliable options on this team. Like obviously outside of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, um, it, it's hard to have a tongue of faith in Whiteside. It's hard, hard to have a tongue of faith in Mario Hazonia. I like Kent Bays more, but a, a lot of people are pretty you know wishy washy on him, and I get that. Um, you know the amount that they're hyping up Anthony Simons is concerning. Um, I'm not like an Anthony Simons like hater, but when it, your entire story, it, it feels like the entire organization is like, well, no, we're fine because we have Anthony Simons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, th- but I think that impacts Bays more, a lot more than anyone else, right? Um, I mean, maybe yeah. McCollum, but I mean, Simons is pretty much, he's he's a guard. Yes. And he's expected to basically be the third guard behind McCollum and, and Lillard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm... I'm not a believer in Bazemore this year. Uh, I think I think his role. I, I don't think he's going to have a bigger role than what he saw in Atlanta last year. Um, I think it actually might shrink a little bit. They still have Rodney Hood. Um, they have Simons. I think Bazemore's getting overdrafted um, with Collins. I want to go back to him. Yeah, his ADP on ESPN and Yahoo is one twenty eight. On NFBKC, it's 98. Um, I feel extremely comfortable picking him in the top, like in around 98 in the top 100. I think you should. Yeah, like we talked about, the front court dynamic is uh, questionable uh, at best. And Collins is someone who he's going to hit threes. He's going to block shots. Um, he's very tall, so he'll he's just inevitably going to get some rebounds and some easy shots around the basket. He's going to shoot well from the free throw line. That's hard to get from a big man. So um, things looking really good for Zach Collins this year. Uh, a rookie, Jarrett Culver, 33 fantasy points in 26 minutes yesterday. 17 points, five rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. Uh, would you entertain drafting Jarrett Culver outside of, you know, 16 team leagues? Do you think there's any chance he takes minutes away from Andrew Wiggins? I mean, they also have a Koji and, you know, other guys Layman, on this roster. I think, Layman, I think Layman's the guy he's competing with for minutes right now. Layman's currently slotted into the starting lineup. Um, Okoji is a great defensive player. Yes. I don't think that he is going to take minutes from a top five pick in Culver. <laughs> like, I right. think Culver will get those minutes over Okoji. I think he will eventually get them over Layman. Maybe not at the beginning of the year. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, I am comfortable taking Culver. I took him in our staff keeper league. It is a keeper league. It's a little bit different. Um, but I believe that he will end up getting minutes and essentially, you know, the core, the core lineup for that team will be Teague, Culver, Wiggins, uh, cat and whoever else Covington. Yeah. Covington. That that's good. Thank you. Um, that's an obvious one. Obviously it's Covington. Um, you know, that means that means Wiggins or Covington's gonna have to see time at the five. Or I'm sorry, the four <laughs> at, at power forward. Which I think is doable against some teams. Not against all. Against it, like the Warriors, it, you Yeah, it depends yeah. on the matchups. It depends on the matchups. Um but even even if they don't have those five on the court at the same time, those are the five players I expect to play the most minutes for Minnesota. Yeah. Um we mentioned Jake Lehman. He he also had a good game. Twenty eight fantasy points in seventeen minutes. We saw him. Uh, we saw him. I don't. Breakout's not the right word. He had a really nice stretch of games for Portland last year. Yes, where he got picked up in a lot of leagues and then dropped about two it, weeks later. He was essentially he was that guy when he he had a hot streak from downtown. 
is essentially all it was. So he had like a five or six game hot streak where he was shooting like 60% from downtown. After that, after that dried up, he was worthless from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Last two guys here from the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet, 10 assists in 22 minutes. Norman Powell posts 22 points and 11 shots. Uh, Fred Van Vliet's had a lot of hype. Um, People talking about him like he could be a top 70 guy. Um, You never know what happens with Lowry in the trade market. Um, You know, Powell is probably going to have the first shot at the the shooting guard job. So, I mean, are these guys that you are targeting in drafts? I am okay to land them with some of my final picks. Okay. Um, Norman Powell, it's got to be a pretty deep league. He is not a spring chicken anymore. Um, He's been around for a long time. He's had his chances. He has looked good this preseason. Um, There's an obvious void with Kawhi gone, Danny Green gone. Um, I think Powell will assume a lot of those minutes, uh, which makes it, you know, okay to take a flyer on him late. Um, Van Fleet. Everyone loves him. I, he's going to go in top 80, 90 picks um, in almost every draft. A lot of people actually expect him to start alongside Lowry. I can't, I know they started, I think, 10 games together last year um, or around that number, but I can't in, imagine the Raptors going with that starting duo uh, on a full time basis. Um, Given the size, I mean, that would be the smallest backcourt in the league by a significant margin. They're both listed at six foot. I, it's got to be Powell. The the question is, I and not not, not I, I like Van Fleet over Powell. I'm just saying in the starting lineup, I would expect Powell to be to be named the starter over right. Van Fleet. Yes, um, but Van Fleet, even he's shown last year, he's going to get enough run. He's going to be productive enough to warrant being drafted i wouldn't draft him in the top 100 um, but he warrants a roster spot in most 12 and 14 team leagues i agree i think the raptors will want van vliet to come off the bench for some playmaking uh with the second unit you don't want to put like all of your best players in the starting lineup in their case i also i do want to mention kyle lowry signed an extension this week right Uh, so a one-year extension so i don't know to me that's a sign that he's not going to get traded that's interesting uh, do you like Lowry this year? Like for drafts? I mean, do you, I, I guess compared to most, I, I guess I haven't checked his ADP recently. Um, looks like an NFBKC he's going from 34 to 47. So actually a pretty, pretty tight, um, ADP. Him, him and he and Bledsoe are basically going like back to back on Yahoo and ESPN yes. um, based on average. So, and, and again, they're both, that's good value. Lowry at 57 or 58 is a really good value. Um, in the top 40, I don't like him. I, I think that there's a very good chance he post much better stats than he did last year, uh, but there are just too many other guys I like in the top 40 to go after him on FBKC. Sure. Um, Lowry was ranked 24th last year, 28th the year before, 15th the year before that, yeah. although he played 37 minutes three years ago, which is insane. Um, yeah, I think he's a good target in like that 35 range. I, I Like you said, there's probably guys with more upside, but he he could end up i mean they need him to score probably he, he could end up yeah i mean that's the thing like everyone's expecting siakam to take another step up and be the lead dog be the go-to guy for that raptors team there's a chance that like he's just what he was last year and nothing more which is fine that was a great mm-hmm. player um or he only takes a slight he makes slight improvements but not necessarily you know, doesn't necessarily develop into a 23, 24 point per game score. Sure. Um, and if that happens, which I think is actually pretty likely, um, if, if Siakam's only got marginal gains, Lowry's going to be the lead dog. He's going to be the go-to guy for the Raptors. You know, down the stretch of games, he's the guy they're going to be looking to. And I actually, I buy that. I'm just, I'm just a fool. And I, I still am not <laughs> going to target him in the top one, uh, top 40. Fantasy basketball fans, the NBA regular season has almost arrived. FanDuel is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching the results in real time. Uh, How have you been doing on FanDuel recently? What are some of your recent experiences? Preseason's been good. 
get, okay. getting a lot of caches. Um, just got to take advantage of, of those uh, young players and keep an eye on the news, figure out who's going to play that night. Um, it's been good so far. Play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. That includes a ton of great tools. Uh, the DFS lineup optimizer, premium articles, draft software, I, everything like that. I mean, the, anything you would want to to take advantage of a, a DFS uh, lineup, just visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. New FanDuel users only. Restrictions do apply. See FanDuel.com slash RW for details. So we're going to go through some players that we think uh, could be bust this year. Uh, just always for clarification, we're not saying that you can't draft these guys, that you shouldn't draft these guys. It always depends on ADP, etc. Um, I'm going to kick things off here with Victor Oladipo. Uh, his ADP, based on whatever site you're looking at, I'm, I'm going to reference ADP ranges, and these ranges are... ESPN, Yahoo, and NFBKC, they go from the lowest to the highest on respective sites. Oladipo's ADP right now is 65 to 126. I would heavily lean towards drafting him outside of the top 100. He, So if we assume he comes back December 1st, he's going to miss 19 games. So he's already capped at like around 60 games. Now, then you're assuming that he plays every single game that he's eligible for, doesn't experience another injury doesn't sit back to backs uh isn't isn't rusty at all if you're drafting him at like the 65 to 70 range i just i just wouldn't touch him there unless your team unless your league has like two irs it depends on the depth of your team right so if you're what do you think once oladipo is healthy let's say he's healthy and plays the final 60 games of the season yeah what do you think his value will be from that point top 40 player no, like 75, 85. You don't think he's a top 40 player once he returns? No. Oh, wow. Well, I think most people are going to view him as like a top 40, top 30 player. I mean, the year before last um, was, I believe he was like a top 30 player that, that season. He, so last year he, was, last year he was ranked 50 before he got hurt. Okay. The year before that, 10. Okay. The year so before that, 75. Basically, I'm assuming he's going to have the worst year of his career coming off this injury. And oh. I don't think that's crazy on a per game basis. I, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think okay. he's going to be fine. I actually, he's the, he's just the type of guy who has the work ethic. I think he's going to come back earlier than expected. Um, I think grabbing him in the, you know, in the 80 to 100 range, if he's there, I don't think it's crazy. Uh, if you know, just make sure you have a good bench spot to cover them for the first 20, 20 games. You know, you, you need to have some a good filling. So no, I I, I like him in that range because I do okay. think he's going to be a top thirty player when he, once he returns. Okay, well, I think that I think that's a good demonstration of like how drastic the like the people's perception of how the season could go for him is yeah and so i mean maybe if you want to make the argument like in head-to-head leagues um he holds more value because you can kind of stay afloat easier in head-to-head leagues while he's out then i'll accept that um because you know in rotisserie you're missing those 20 games Mm -hmm. with the replacement level player no matter what i i personally i'm okay drafting him in that range i haven't landed him in any drafts yet um but especially if your league if you play on espn and you have an ir spot you know then that makes them all the more appealing in my eyes sure uh i'll go how about you (laughs) this one i i'm almost hesitant to say it but d'angelo russell interesting um you know he was he kind of fell into the lead dog role with brooklyn last year lavert looked really good early got hurt um you know Dinwiddie had stretches where he was awesome, but D'Angelo was able to kind of take over, and especially the final 40 or 50 games, was the lead guy in Brooklyn. That's not going to be the case with the Warriors. He's going to no, be he's going to defer to Curry. Curry's going to be the one dropping 27 points in the fourth quarter. It's not going to be D'Angelo. 
the ball, you know, the the playmaking, ball distribution, he's going to de- defer to both Curry and Draymond Green. So, I mean, I think he's going to be able to score enough and still have solid value. But if you're picking him in the top 30 picks, I I have a hard time doing that. Right now his ADP's 39 on Yahoo and ESPN um, on NFBKC. Let's see here. 33. I don't know that I would pick him in the top 40. I don't know that I would do it. I I just don't think he's going to have the same kind of upside as as we saw last year. But we'll see. We'll see. That's that's one guy that just scares me in that range. There's so many good players in the top 50 or 60 this year. Right. Um, He is. He definitely has. He definitely has a lot of downside. Um, I think I have him in one league, and I took him in the third round. Um, And I I didn't feel like amazing about it, uh, but I I, I go back and forth on this because initially I was like, "Oh, this sucks for D'Angelo Russell," and then I just keep looking at that Warriors roster, and I'm like, they need every single point that they can squeeze out of Curry and Russell. Every single point. I, I don't disagree. Again, I, I think he's going to be fine. He's going to put up good stats. I just I think he's kind of I would I would guess that he's going to finish, you know, rank sixtieth. And, and okay. to me, like that's just not worth a a third round pick. There are other guys I really like um, in that range. I've liked Porzingis a lot in on ESPN sure. and Yahoo. He's still available in that range. I would absolutely snatch him up. Um, Oh man, it just depends. You know, even like Blake Griffin, DeMar DeRozan, there are a lot of guys in that range who are going to be available who I think maybe are a little bit safer than D'Angelo. And I just feel like with with him on the Warriors, his ceiling is not as high as it was last year. Would you take Chris Paul over him? I almost threw that name out there. <laughs> um, I I would not. Okay. Um, I've liked Chris Paul this year uh, in expert drafts. He is dropping much further than he does in Yahoo or ESPN uh, standard leagues. So if you're if you're able to get Chris Paul in like the fifth round, I'm all over it. Like absolutely do it. Yeah. In the third round, uh, over a guy like D'Angelo, no, I'd be it'd be hard pressed to do that. That's a tough call. Um, two guys for me. Uh, it's basically a it's basically a situation. Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. These ADPs pretty wild. Um, Jared Allen seventy six to one hundred one, and DeAndre Jordan forty five to one twenty one. I don't even know what to think about that. Um, Jared Allen, I, I just this is another situation where people people have very strong opinions on this, and we have zero evidence to. You can't have an opinion and be like, well, because of this. We just they they're probably we just have to assume right now that they're going to split minutes is what I'm trying to say. Some people think, oh yeah, like Jared Allen, 29 minutes, DeAndre Jorgen, 20 minutes. Like I don't think they signed DeAndre Jorgen to you know I don't think they gave him 40 million dollars to play him 20 minutes. And I I understand that a lot of people think Jared Allen is better than DeAndre Jorgen. I'm not ready to say that. Um, DeAndre Jorgen was still a really productive player last year people people kind of he didn't pass the eye test for sure he looked very lazy um but he still put up numbers 11 and 13 he shot 64 percent from the floor a career high 70.5 percent from the free throw line i mean you can easily argue he doesn't block two shots per game like he used to um he still still had 1.1 um but Giving the percentages, uh, especially the the free throw percentage, just ridiculous. Given the fact that he was is no longer such a negative on free throw percentage, you honestly you could argue that was DeAndre Jordan's best season ever, best fantasy season. It almost was yeah. by per game. He ranked 59th last season per game in 29.7 minutes. Now I don't know if he'll play 29.7 minutes this year. I I am very I'm just going to say 24 and 24 for these guys. But um, I just this is a situation that I think I if I if I had the opportunity not to touch it, like I just, I'm not reaching for any of these guys. No, like I'm going to let them fall to me. If DeAndre Jordan is on the board at 121, I'll take him. 
um, like without a question. At 121, yes, that's fine. Now, ESPN and Yahoo, he's going on average of like 72. That's a that's pretty. Steep. So like, I am not, I am not going anywhere near him. I mean, Bam Adebayo is going after DeAndre Jordan on ESPN and Yahoo. So, which makes zero sense at all. I mean, you've got Aaron Gordon and Sabonis are going right there. I'm I'm grabbing any of those guys, you know, over Jordan all day long. But you're right. If it's 110, 120, I don't have a problem with Jordan. Is as a top 80, 90 pick, I think he's a bust. If it's 110, 120, then yeah, it's worth it. I think I got him for less than five dollars in our staff keeper league um and i felt okay about that um yeah if you can get him if he's your if you're if he's your third center on a in a in a fantasy draft i think you're gonna you're gonna feel really good about that um if he's your second center it's not that's not great um do you have a name for us oh man okay i I'm not very high on Thomas Bryant. I Thomas Bryant is going around 60 um, on Yahoo and ESPN. Uh, let's see. Uh, he's going in that 50, 60 range. He's 58 on NFBKC. I am not a big fan of him at that price tag. I, I get that he was productive last year when he got the minutes, um, he, there's a very good chance he will get the minutes this year. Um, you know, it's gotta be either horrible play or great play from one of the young guys be, behind him, um, or injury that'll stop him. But I think there's, there's a, the talent is in question for me, which means that there's a possibility he loses a, those minutes to someone else. So give me, you know, Marvin Bagley is you know, you've got Bryant 61, Bagley 62 on ESPN and, and, and Yahoo. I'll take Bagley all day long over Thomas Bryant. I'll take Derek Favors all day long over time, Thomas Bryant. I mentioned Gordon and Sabonis, other guys. So I'm, bam, again, you know, if you're, if you're in a NFBKC high stakes league, bam's not going that late, but that's another guy. Like all of those guys, if you're playing on, if you're doing a draft on ESPN or Yahoo, those are guys that I would target above Thomas Bryant. Yeah, I um, I, I'm I am on the Thomas Bryant hype train. I'm part of the I'm part of the bandwagon. Um, I don't think he has. I just don't think they he has real competition for minutes. I think he's going to play thirty minutes. Um, you know, it's preseason but he's averaging 53 fantasy points per 36 minutes right now. Um, I <laughs> he was 18 ten, rebounds per 36 he, minutes. He was he was 10 and 6 with with basically one block per game in 20 minutes, 21 minutes last year. So, you know, he shot well from the free throw line, 78%, 61.5% from the floor. Um, you know, he's not really shooting the ball. There a lot of those are just dunks. He does take the occasional three-point attempt. But by no means is he a stretch guy. Um, I, I get it. If the minutes are there, I think the stats are there. He is. He is definitely a compiler. I just don't believe in the talent. So for sure. me, taking him with top fifty, top sixty pick, I just think there are other guys who are more talented who I see have a path to the similar playing time. So I'm going to go with those guys. Uh, according to like the ADPs that we're referencing, you're just not going to get him past like pick 65 66 so if you want him you gotta take him at like 50 yeah. if, if if that's your you know if you have a pick there um guy that i have kyle kuzma uh adps ranging from 66 to 124 i don't understand where the 66 comes from this this has to be like a lakers this has to be like a lakers thing because kuzma has never been a top it never. I mean, he's played two years in the league. He's not been a top 100 player. Yeah, but he averaged, you know, basically like 19 and five and a half last year. So you look at that, and I could understand. And he's young. young. Sure. He's, he's entering his third season, 23, shoots decent percentages, hits threes. I get he doesn't do anything on defense. He doesn't get assists. Like, there really aren't that many negatives. 
Um, I think his value is inflated because of the scoring, and people also assume there's going to be some kind of, of leap in production for year three. Where I just he he's been playing 30 minutes a game and has not been a top 100 player. I don't think he's playing 30 minutes this year. I don't think where where is he fitting in in this rotation? Like shooting guard? Like is he playing? I mean, if he plays both backup small forward and power forward, that's that's what like no, 25 minutes. I think once he's healthy, Davis starts at center. That's what I think. I think I think Anthony Davis. Is I gonna, wish. I think Anthony Davis is going to play most of his minutes at center this season, even even if he doesn't want to, as been as it's been reported. I think he's going to see a lot of minutes at center, and you got Kuzma and LeBron at the two forward spots. That would be ideal, and I think that has a strong chance of happening. I am just not comfortable taking the risk inside with the top one hundred. I, I just think there's better. I just think there's a lot guys with more upside less downside however you want to play i it. totally agree with that um his a lot of his production is pretty hollow you know again no defensive stats the given the way the, the nba is played today you can find three-point shooting and scoring elsewhere um you know he's not necessarily bad in a lot of categories but he's not good in a lot of categories either so that hollow scoring and three-point shooting it's just something you find elsewhere and I, and i would do so i would look to i mean just looking at the ESPN Yahoo ADPs, I mean, Brooke Lopez is right there. All right. Brooke Lopez is a much better fantasy pick in that range. Uh, Covington is right there. SGA is right there. Uh, Marcus All. There are so many guys. Josh Richardson. So many guys who I would like, it's not even going to, Kuzma's not even going to be an option. Right. There's no way. Like, if he drops to 110, then yeah, I'll consider it. I'm not I'm not off Kuzma as a player. I kept him in our staff keeper league for three dollars and I'm a team trying to win the I'm tr- I'm trying to win this year. So I, I think he's worth you know, I I like his potential, I like his upside. I just would you take Andrew Wiggins over him? Because I would. I wouldn't even think about it. If Wiggins and Kuzma are on the board, I'm just taking Wiggins. I would not. Um okay. but I'm not gonna I it's very unlikely I would end up with either. And honestly, they're very comparable players when you look at their stat lines. Sure. Um, the only difference is Kuzma hits more threes. Yeah. Um, also, I know well, with by experience, good luck if you have Kuzma and you're like, oh, look at this guy. He's averaging 19 points per game. You get you need threes in scoring. Good luck trading them. No one wants, <laughs> no one wants Kuzma. No, and just like no one would want Wiggins. Uh, do you have any more names for us? Yeah, I'm going to go with one of your boys, Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> one of my boys. I don't I don't buy Dedman as a top 100 player this year. Um, if he drops to like 120, 130, you want to grab him in that range, I'm fine. Uh, but there are too many other players who I like more um, in that 90 to 100 range. Um, folks like Dwight Powell talked about last week, uh, Karis LeVert. Derek White, Jonathan Isaac on Yahoo and ESPN. I don't think Jonathan Isaac will be there for you. <laughs> I don't think so um, In most drafts, but he is going fairly late uh, on ESPN and Yahoo. I like I like a lot of those guys more than Deadman. You know, I guess it just depends on what type of positional need you have. Um, you know, I will I will give Deadman this. As far as center eligible players go that are typically available in the 100 range, Dwight Powell is the only one who I'm like, I want Dwight Powell more than Deadman. Um, I just don't think Deadman's going to be as good as he was the past couple of years. I think it's going to be Bagley, Giles. Um, I think Bar- uh, Harrison Barnes is going to play a lot of minutes at power forward for the Kings. Um, so I just find it hard to believe that Deadman's going to be able to carve out more than like 22, 23 minutes per game. Yeah, he could. That That is a concern. Like his upside isn't that high at all. Um, and there are some cons- concerns about his floor. He hasn't played more in the 65 games in two years. Doesn't have a great injury. You know, it doesn't have like a great games played history or anything. Um, I, I think you, I think you put it exactly right. Don't take him inside the top 100. But if you need a center, like if you if you're a person who waits for centers and just like tries to collect a bunch of them towards the end of the draft and hope that one hits or you can just kind of stream, I think Deadman's a guy you could target like 120 and feel fine about. Um, 
because he has a history of being a top 100 player over the past two years. But yeah, Harry Giles could step in and their rotation, they're a deep team and no one's really sure what is going to happen, especially because they have a new coach. Uh, we don't know how Luke Walton's going to treat this thing. We don't know how aligned he is with the with the front office and and everything like that. Um, One guy that I want to point out that I, I'm just surprised is on here, and this is like a pretty late pick, Mikel Bridges, the other the other M bridges. Uh, uh, he's his ADP is 93 to 131. And I don't, I like Mikel Bridges. He's a good player. Um, I, since he was drafted, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this guy's better than Josh Jackson. Um, not that that was like some hard call to make. He's a great three and D player. And I think I just don't know where the minutes I wouldn't feel confident in his minutes this season. Like, I think he's good. I think he'll play at least 26 minutes a game. But last year, he played 29 and a half minutes per game, ranked 131. And now he's going as high as like 95. I just think they have they have Rubio and Booker in the backcourt. They they kept Oubre. Um, they drafted Cam Johnson. And they have Saric. They, I just think this like the, the starting lineup for this team it feels very set in stone. And I know Bridges is like a multi position guy. I just don't I just don't get the upside of drafting him at like ninety five. I, I don't see it either. Um and I've been avoiding him at all costs. I've been in drafts where he goes before the good bridges. Miles bridges. <laughs> Miles bridges. So and that just doesn't make sense to me. Um I think people are just, you know, uh recalling his his college days and thinking like oh this dude's got tons of upside um i bridges to me has always been more of a glue guy and i think that's yeah. what he's going to be um in the nba i don't think he's ever going to have a tremendous upside um as, as a star player i mean does that does that mean he'll eventually be a top 80 fantasy player sure possibly but he's never going to go out there and be scoring 21 points per game and i I'm not high. I'm not very high on him this year. So I agree with that. Um, I like him in like dynasty and keeper formats. I'm yeah, fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. Get him at a cheap price. Try to hang on to him if you're a rebuilding team. But yeah, for this next season, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it either. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with someone who's getting drafted pretty high. Okay. Zion Williams. Ooh, hot take. I, I don't know. I haven't done the research, but it's very hard for a rookie to be a top 25 fantasy player. And Zion's essentially going, you know, anywhere from 20, low 20s to, to early 30s right now. Um, most drafts, like if you if you have the 22nd pick, you're probably going to have to pick him there because he's not going to be he's back. Not coming back. Yeah, he's not coming back. Um, I... I'm just not going to do it. There's so many other guys who are going, you know, based on ESPN and, and Yahoo. And again, these rankings are not necessarily reflective of your draft because, because on NFBKC, it doesn't play out the same way, but you've got Trey young, John Collins, Kemba Walker, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, all going after Zion. They all, I would pick any of those guys above Zion. I love Zion long-term. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to have, um, the defensive stats, he's like, he's, I've, I've made this comp before, but he's like, if Josh Smith actually had an offensive game, <laughs> like that's what he is. Like there, you go look at Josh Smith, there are seasons when he had like really good assist totals, um, would get tons of steals and blocks, mm -hmm. but he would shoot 38% from the floor. <laughs> right. Um, so is that Zion's not in risk of doing that, but I don't think Zion hits three pointers this year. At all, all you have to no, do is his shot looks pretty. Broke. It's it's horrible. It looks yeah. absolutely horrendous. I don't think he's going to hit three pointers. Um, rookies typically don't come to the NBA averaging like 24, 25 points. My guess is like he's eighteen and nine with good defensive stats. Does that mean he's a top forty fantasy player? Yes, but with that, especially with a second round pick, I need a guy who has potential to be a top ten fantasy player. I don't think Zion has that. I think, I, yeah, I think you put that really well. I think he, I think he has a high floor, yes, which is why people are comfortable taking him at twenty five or thirty because they're like, well, you know, worst case scenario, this guy shoots fifty percent from the field, 
And that might, I mean, he might shoot. If he shot 60% from the field and scored 17 points a game, that would not shock me. Not at all. But it also wouldn't shock me if his free throw percentage was a drain. 60. Yeah. And... (laughs) You know, he doesn't get as many. I know I know he's a good uh, playmaker, and he can set up teammates well, but I don't expect him to get tons of assists this year. Um, he's not going to hit three-pointers this year. So they're going to be – I think there are going to be at least two categories where he'll be a drain, and to me that, like, automatically excludes him as a top 30 fantasy player. Yeah, and these, these first two preseason games, he's playing against bad teams. He's playing against Atlanta, and he played against the Bulls without Wendell Carter Jr. Um, you know, he, he passes the eye test. Absolutely. I'll say that. Yeah, he's going to be great. And, you know, if you're looking at dynasty leagues, you can pick him however the hell high you want. And I'm not going to I'm not going to roll my eyes at you. I think it'll be fine. Um, I love him long term, obviously. I just question whether I would not pick him in the top 25, top 30 of for, for single year leagues. I would not do it. Right. I don't have any shares of him this year. So I think at least we're we're aligned there where it's like neither of us just end up with him like he. I don't know if it's because of draft position or whatever, but we just apparently won't take that risk. A couple other guys. I'll throw out a couple other big names that are high up there. Uh, Siakam, Vucevic, both of those guys had career career years last year. I I think I think Siakam we might see improvements, but I don't think those in, I think those improvements will be marginal. I don't think he's a top twenty fantasy player going into this year. Um, and Vucevic, who was awesome last year, fantastic, but. I actually think that enough of his teammates, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, even Mo Bamba, are going to show developmental strides and be more productive this season that it'll take away from his production a little bit. I mean, he played a career high in minutes last year, career high points, rebounds, assists, everything. He is a very, very good player, and I expect him to still be good. But I would not draft him based on last year's stats. I think think everything takes a dip for him. I... All draft season have been shocked by the Vucevic ADP. It's like he he had trouble staying healthy his entire career. He has one good healthy year, and now people are like, "Yeah, I'll draft him 14th." I I don't know. I just think there's not a ton of upside there. I don't. I don't like you mentioned. I don't really see him getting better necessarily. Um, he, there, he reminds me of he reminds me of Middleton. Um, a sure. Couple, a couple of years ago, like Middleton had this out, outrageous season. It was amazing. And then immediately the next year he was drafted as if he was going to do that or better every year there, there forward. And to me, I, I looked at, it, I was like, well, that was his ceiling. Like he just hit his ceiling, right? He is a very good player. He'll still be productive. That's kind of how I feel about Vucevic. It's the same thing. Like if he were going 35, if he were going like in like Blake Griffin's range or whatever, I would grab him. I would love it. But just as a top 20 pick, there's just no way I'm grabbing him. I like the Middleton point. Um, 2015-16, 28th best fantasy player. Next season, 50. Next season, 26. Next season, 57. Like, yeah. this happens. It was, yeah. And it was it was after that that 26 where ev- everyone was really high on him after that season. After, actually, after both. But I just don't, I think, like, that's, that's obvious. Like, you can fluctuate between that. But a guy like Middleton given the stage of his career and everything else, you know, that that's obviously to me, it was obvious. That was a ceiling. I think Vucevic going into age 28 season, he's been really good for, for a good handful of years now, but to expect him to do that again or be better, you're basically expecting him to be at least that again this year. Right. Uh, final guy I'll mention also on the magic, not gonna spend too much time on a DJ Augustine ADP of 84 to 164. I don't know why you would draft him at 84. I I like DJ Augustine. Like I, you know, I'm not 100% sold on Markel Fultz, but I think the Magic are going to try to do everything they can to get Fultz on the court unless it comes at the cost of winning basketball because they want to be a playoff team and they can be a playoff team because they were last year and the East sucks. So I just don't think there's upside with picking Augustine and I think there's just a, also a ton of downside if Markel Fultz happens to be a competent player who can play 24 minutes a game. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the teams, I, I, I believe that they are excited about Fultz. Um, they, they extended him earlier than they needed to um, for the final year of his rookie contract. He's already locked in for next season. Um, and I, I think they're high on him. And he's shown enough to me this preseason to prove that he will be a part of the rotation. Um, Augustine isn't anything special. If you're 
I, he should not be drafted in 10 or 12 team leagues. They're just not deep enough. Um, no, you, not I mean, you have to have a really deep roster in twelve in a twelve team league for him to be uh, a viable option. Um, I, feel, I he's not he's not a top 140, 150 player for me. No, if you're in like a best ball league and you want to like take like you know if it's like pick one sixty or something and you want to just grab him, eh, sure. Um, let's talk some NFBKC. We have been a little bit already. Uh, with ADPs and stuff like that. Um, do you want to take the floor on this? Yeah. Uh, for, we have the RotoWire Online Championship on NFBKC. Um, definitely check it out. It's a, I think, $10,000 top prize. Um, if you want if you want to check it out, uh, just go to rotowire.com slash high stakes, and you can sign up there. Um, so 10K top prize, 350 to enter. Um You've got, you've got also, it's, you've got a league. There's over $20,000 in total prizes for the main championship. You also have your individual league prizes. So 1400 to uh, the league winner, top two in each league win cash. Um, it's 12 teams, 16 draft. Um, as we've, it, it's also, it's a KDS draft style. So, you know, with that, you get to pick your preferred, your preferred KDS, uh, your preferred draft slot. Um, where, where do you like picking this year? Like, is there, is there a cutoff point in the first round where like you want to land one of these X amount of players? Uh, I, I like the, I, I like pick five. Theoretically, I want that top five, those four guys. I want that decision made for me because I'm completely fine with any of those top five guys. So I'll feel really good about whoever I get at five. Honestly, I, you know, I like five through seven, five through eight, because if you get six, you'll probably you can get Jokic and then you can probably get Lillard after that. And then if you feel good about LeBron, you could get him there. I'm one of those people. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be fine taking LeBron eight or nine. Um, so really that, that range and then the turn, because you're not going to get sniped on your picks. Yeah, I've got, I got five set as my top for KDS kds preference um the problem is everyone else probably i i do believe that yeah right i but i actually think the top seven i like the top seven players um like i have brad beal ranked i forgot about Beal. high so like with if it if i get sixth or seventh pick and i get Jokic or beal or if any of the top five guys if Giannis drops or whoever which oddly Giannis is the guy that is dropping and i don't really understand that um i'm happy to grab any of them. Sure. Um, so anyone, any pick in the top seven, uh, if not the top seven, I, I love the turn. I always love the turn. It's fun. Um, and we were discussing this a little bit yesterday. I might, I would probably try to get cute at the turn and just go Trey young and Luca. Um, because I want to draft both those guys. I don't think I, I don't expect to have much ownership of them. Um, unless I land in that range where I'm drafting like 10, 11, 12, where I could justify picking one of them in the first round and getting Luca, it would be Luca in the second. Yeah. I mean, uh, Trey Young, ADP of eight through 16, Luca Doncic 13 through 22. So you're very, I mean, you're on base with doing that. I mean, there's the, you know, the ADP suggests that that's a fine thing to do. Um, I think, I think. <clears throat> what we're trying to say is figure out how many players you're absolutely confident in. Yeah. Basically in the first round, if you think that cutoff is nine, try to get your, and nine would probably actually be a good spot. I don't know who's going to pick like, <laughs> who's going to be like, yeah, I want to pick nine. So consider that as well. Um, I, th- I think that's the main thing. Figure out who you, who you're confident in, uh, in the first round. And if you're only confident with like four guys, second at four. Yeah. Yeah. A couple other just tidbits, um, about NFBKC, um, I've found in my past drafts, uh, big men who do not hurt you in percentage categories, like free throw percentage, um, typically go fairly early. Vucevic. Yeah. <laughs> Vucevic is one. So a big guy who, who shoots good from, from the charity stripe is going to go early. Um, you, if you don't, you know, so you'll want to get some of those, some of those guys fairly early on your team. Um, also, 
as you probably notice when we're referencing different ADPs, like Bam Adebayo and uh, SGA and some of these guys who are popular sleepers, they are not necessarily sleepers on NFBKC. I, yeah. yeah, they're they're not going they're not going in the 60, 70, 80, 90 range. They're, you know, they're going top 50 a lot of times. Um, so if you want a guy like that, you have to pay up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, conversely, I think that opens up a lot of, I feel, I feel like on NFBKC, the sleepers are the guys who have just been consistently good um, for a while and have high floors, but not a lot of upside. Like we talked about Bledsoe and Lowry. I mean, these are guys who you could realistically take over SGA, but in NFBK say that may not be the case. Um, so, you know, when when guys theoretically are getting drafted at their peaks, that means other guys you're going to get great value on. So, um, you know, just just take a look at the ADPs, you know, see who's being valued highly, see who, you know, is is falling in these drafts. Uh, and I think you can get some you can get some really good value on guys. I think JaVale McGee is falling pretty far. I was trying to find a name to point out. Um, yeah, JaVale ADP is of uh, 73 to 109. He was like a top 60 player last year, played 22 minutes per game. I don't think he's playing less than that this year. So certain situations like that where guys are rising, other guys have to fall. It's just the nature of it. Yeah. And I, when, as far as in-season management goes, um, I always recommend uh, this NFBKC, if you really want to compete, um, you have to stay on top of the, of the waiver wire. I, I almost feel like, in this league, instead of having a, a concrete roster where it's like, I, I can't drop any of these guys, it's almost good to have one or two spots where you can just cycle in players, you know, guys who you know are going to get a bump in minutes for, for the next two weeks because of injuries or they're on some kind of hot streak, whatever it may be. I almost feel like you're going to be better. Uh, it's going to pay off better for you than having that concrete roster where you don't have any guys you can drop. Um, I've seen that. I play I play on their baseball their baseball uh, contest as well. And it's similar. You look at guys who finished top 10 in the overall championship and you look at the rosters and half the people on the rosters are, are players that they did not draft. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot different for baseball. Baseball is a different beast right. completely, but still I just, you have to be on top of the waiver wire. You have to be active um, and you have to be willing to make tough choices. Yeah. And you know, I think, um, one thing to really pay attention to, which I think can sometimes get overlooked in fantasy basketball, is games played in a week. Um, last year, there was at least, I think, two instances of teams having five-game weeks. I know the Warriors had a five-game week, and I think the Blazers had either a five-game week. and The Pistons had a one-game week one time. You know, you might you might look at someone like, I don't even know who a great example is, like maybe Alec Burks is on the waiver wire. But if the Warriors play four games this week, you might want to drop some guy who sometimes you start, sometimes you don't, and just kind of have a streaming spot because four games is a lot. And even if Alec Burks isn't that good and averages maybe like, you know, just for reference, you know, like 20 fantasy points per game or something like that, um, the games play matters. It's total stats. Yeah, so um, make sure to keep that in mind. So you're starting to line up and look at the waiver wire, everything like that. So what, what day is uh, your draft? Tuesday. Tuesday. All right, so if you want to sign up and play against Alex or I, um, I know Ken's draft already filled up because everyone's a coward and they want the easy competition. Um, my draft is, uh, Alex's draft is on Tuesday and mine's on the 20th of October. That's a Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, so definitely go check it out, rotowire.com slash high stakes. All right, DFS, preseason. Let's, we're not going to get into detail here. We're just going to run through, just quickly list off names, basically. Like, here are discounted guys who would be a good fit along whatever studs you know are playing. Yes. Because as we, as we saw with Curry last night, even though they're only playing 20, 25 minutes, they can put up monster stats. So I always recommend, you know, grabbing, doing a stars and scrubs approach, um, finding cheap, cheap players for those scrub spots and going with stars that you know are actually active and going to be playing. Um, before we dive into that list, though, Joel Embiid is out. So don't go with him. Don't yeah, don't pick him. And look at other look at the news. You got to keep on top of the news. Uh, it's it's crazy for preseason sometimes. So I I will grab here are some rookies that are cheap. 
Garland, 42. Hachimura, 4,200. 4, uh, P.J. Washington, 4,400. P.J. Washington might start. Yeah. Like, in the regular season, might start. <laughs> it's, it's possible. He looked good. He has looked good. And the, the coach is uh, the, the Hornets. I always want to call him the Bobcats. The Hornets coach um, ha, has had some high praises for P.J. Washington. That's a sleeper. That's a sleeper for your season-long drafts. Um, any of those rookies, though, I'd be fine with st- uh, putting into my FanDuel lineup tonight. Yeah, um, and there are some veterans whose whose price is also low. Um, you, know, you have Derek Rose for thirty five hundred. Uh, Marcus Smart forty one hundred. I mean, these guys who handle the ball can always get assists, score a lot of points. Um, you know, Miles Bridges at fifty two hundred touched on the you know Hornet situation. Batum is out. That's why we're you know that's why these guys are especially good plays. Not that they would be bad plays. Otherwise, Jonathan Isaac's only fifty five hundred. You're talking about steal and block upside. He's been crushing it this preseason. He's been crushing yeah. it. Um, I think he's got back to back forty point fantasy games or something close to that. And he's been passing well. Um, you know, steals and blocks being worth three means anyone who's who's proficient on that side of the ball can have a huge game. At any given time, and then did you did you mention Mo Wagner? No, Mo Wagner, thirty seven hundred. Um, you know he's uh, better than Thomas Bryant. Um, no matter what way you want to slice it. Um, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, he he has looked good, and uh, he's a guy who can hit threes. Uh, he's he's pretty solid around the rim. You get some defensive stats, and thirty seven hundred. It's not bad. He he might have low ownership too. Which is also something to consider, even in preseason DFS, when you're talking about tournaments. I think that I think that's going to cover it for us. Uh, do you have anything else you want to touch on, or are you cool just wrapping this thing up? I'm good. Let's put a bow on it. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.